Bulletproof Radio, a state of high performance. You're listening to Bulletproof Radio with Dave Asprey. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. Hey, it's Dave Asprey with Bulletproof Radio. Today's cool fact of the day is about flashbulb memories. These are the memory of emotional or traumatic events, and they're often quite wrong despite how vivid they are. We tend to think that because they're so vivid, they're just locked in, we couldn't have possibly forgotten something. But those memories are just as susceptible to forgetting as other memories. Flashbulb memories are more vivid because your amygdala, which processes emotion, and the hippocampus, which codes memories, are so close to each other in your brain, not because the memories are somehow better or more reliable. In other words, if you're having a fear or fight or flight response from the, the older parts of your brain, you could get confused. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD plus, and that helps you make energy. It helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD+, even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD+. Check out Qualia NAD+, risk-free, for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash Dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave15, Qualia NAD+. It's what I use. Today's guest knows an awful lot about the brain and about learning, and he's a good friend, someone I deeply admire, and it's none other than Jim Quick. That's actually his real name, by the way, <laughs> spelled K-W-I-K. And he's the founder of Quick Learning and just a widely recognized world expert in speed reading, memory improvement, brain performance, and accelerated learning. 
He's the founder and curator of the Superhero You website, which is about changing your brain and changing the world. It's an annual learning conference as well that features a hand-picked all-star expert faculty and audience of dynamic thinkers, doers, and dreamers. At the Bulletproof conference, Jim gave an amazing talk and I had a chance to interview him on camera. Jim at the conference talked about his world-renowned memory and speed reading training, and he tells us how a childhood brain injury challenged him to create strategies to dramatically enhance his own mental performance. He's since dedicated his life to helping others unleash their true genius. He tells us his recommendations for hacking memory, how to remember names more efficiently, and how to avoid information overload. And when he tells us to you, this is the same guy who's trained multiple CEOs of very big companies and some of Hollywood's best known actors and actresses. Like Jim is the world master at this stuff and he just lays it all out there. He's also an amazingly humble guy. And every time I get a chance to hang out with him, I'm just like, I want to see Jim more often. So you will learn something from this. I promise you, this is an amazing interview. Hey Jim, thanks so much for joining us today. Let's, let's start with something fun. Tell us a cool fact about you that not many people know. A cool fact about me. Um, I will give you two really cool facts. Um, I recently got to uh, go visit the Amazon rainforest. And uh, when I was hiking down there, I actually came across an indigenous tribe, uh, this whole village. And I was their very first uh, Western contact ever. And uh, by the second night, we we're having dinner together, third day playing with their children. And then the fourth day, we were doing uh, shamanic journeys with them. And it was uh, pretty, pretty amazing. Uh, the second one is recently I got to spend uh, time. I work with a lot of people in Hollywood, helping them speed read scripts and memorize their lines. I got to spend uh, a childhood dream come true, spend uh, a week on set with the cast of the X-Men. Hugh Jackman and Jennifer Lawrence and everything, and we have this wonderful cast photo. It's on, it's the cover photo for my Facebook page. That's <laughs> so, awesome. I love those two facts. I love superheroes. <laughs> you experienced a real brain trauma as a child. What what happened exactly? Okay, so when um, when people see me on stage or on video, they see me do these demonstrations. They know I read a book a day, and uh, I'll memorize a room full of people's names or really long numbers or things like that. And I always tell people, I don't do this to impress you. I do this more to express to you what's really possible, um, because I wasn't born with this ability. Um, in fact, when I was uh, in kindergarten, I had a very bad accident. I had a uh, head trauma, and it left me with learning challenges, very serious learning challenges. So I was had really bad focus, very bad concentration. I couldn't understand things that my teachers were teaching me. And uh, I was very slow to learn how to read. And, uh, and that created a lot of issues. And this is the thing with your brain. It's one of those things where it controls everything. It controls everything in our life. And now we live in the millennium of the mind where it's so important, but people don't have the education. They don't know how their, work, their brain works so they can work their brain properly. How did the adversity with your brain injury help shape the success story that you are today? So when I had this brain injury, it created a lot of issues all through school. So I was learning challenged all through grade school and high school. And when I got to college, I wanted to start fresh, right, and make my family proud. So I took all these classes, and it got worse. And in order to keep up, I would ne actually have to neglect things that were good for me, like sleep and eating and working out and spending time with friends, all the biohacks you know, that, uh, that you, you guys teach. And the challenge was uh, it wasn't very sustainable. So I ended up passing out through, for sheer exhaustion in the library. And I fell down a flight of stairs, and I hit my head again. And I woke up in the hospital two days later. Um, I was down to 117 pounds. 
and I was hooked up to all these IVs and uh, I was very malnourished and I thought there has to be a better way. And when I had that thought, I don't know if the universe was just responding, but the nurse came in with a mug of tea and uh, on it we had a picture of a pretty smart individual, Albert Einstein, and had this quote that we've heard you know, through the ages, the same level of thinking that's created the problem won't solve the problem. And it made me ask a brand new question. It's like, what's the problem here? And I knew my problem was I was a very slow learner. And I said, well, how do I, how do I think differently about it? And I was thinking, well, maybe I can learn how to learn faster. And I thought about school. And then I quickly realized that school taught us what to learn, like subjects, math and history and science and Spanish, but there were no classes on how to learn, no classes on creativity, on problem solving, on how to think, on how to concentrate, on how to read faster, on how to improve your memory. Like when it comes to your memory, you know, they always teach you three R's in class, reading, writing, arithmetic, but I thought recall could have been the fourth R, you know, R because without you know, remembering, there is no learning, and Socrates said that. And so I never, I, shortly after that, I started to study this idea of study. I wanted to know how my memory works so I could work my memory, how my brain works so I could work my, my, my brain. And I wanted to solve this riddle, really, on how to, how to learn anything faster. And so I started studying neuroscience, the brain sciences, adult learning theory, multiple intelligence, anything I could get my hands on to help to kind of hack my brain, to come up with these mental shortcuts. And shortly after that, within 30 or 60 days, like a light switch went on, and I just started to understand things. And then after I started getting those, you know, I went from failing to, to straight A's and such, I, um, I couldn't help but help other people because I never want people to suffer the way I did. And one of my very first students, she was a freshman, um, she ended up reading 30 books in 30 days. Could you imagine, like, who reads 30 books in 30 days? And I wanted to find out not how she did it, because I know how she did it, but I want to know why. I'm always interested in human motivation, which drives people to do what they do. And uh, I find out that her mother was diagnosed with terminal cancer and uh, was given 60 days to live. And the books she was reading were books on health, wellness, medicine, psychology, self-help, spirituality, anything to be able to save her mother's life. And um, I always get choked up even when I, I don't share this very often, but it's, uh, I was just like, I wished her luck, and I said, keep her in prayers. And six months later, I get a call from a young lady, and she's, I can't even make out the voice because there's just crying. And finally, I realize it's this, it's this young girl, and uh, I find out that her mother, not, there are tears of joy, that her mother not only survived, but is really starting to get better and thrive. Doctors don't know how or why. They call it a miracle. But her mother attributes it 100% to the great advice she got from her daughter that got her from all these great books. And that's when I realized that, uh, that ideas can change lives. Ideas could, the right ideas could actually save lives. And so I've been on a mission ever since. This is over two decades ago to help change the way the world learns, help them fall in love with learning, to help them realize their real genius, what they're capable of. And uh, that's the mission. Wow. Well, along those lines, can you tell us what some of your favorite biohacks for memory and speed reading and learning are? Yes, hundreds, hundreds, hundreds of, of strategies and mental shortcuts to help people. So what, what I've done over the, over the past few decades is I get to spend time with people who are absolutely high achievers, you know, the, the top CEOs and celebrities you know, on the planet, and I'd see what works for them. And, and so we put together this, this curriculum for people. And so um, I'll just go through and just kind of quick tips to be able to help people. So um, there are four keys to learn anything faster, any subject or skill, and I call it fast. You know, and my last name is Quick, and it really is my last name, K-W-I-K. Yeah, I didn't change it to do what I do. With a name like Quick, you could say my, my life and my destiny was pretty much planned out. I had to be a runner back in school, uh, which is a lot of pressure, too, when your name is Quick, and it says Quick right on your shirt. 
Um, I have to be very careful when I'm driving because the worst name to have on your driver's license when you get pulled over for speeding is named Quick because you're not going to talk your way out of that ticket. And I get to teach people how to learn faster. And so the FAST method is basically these are four elements that I know will dramatically help people learn any subject or skill faster. And so F-A-S-T, the F actually stands for forget. And it's kind of weird to talk about learning and reading and memory and start with forgetting. But I find that um, a lot of people don't learn anything brand new because they feel like they know the subject already. So let's say they know nutrition or they know exercise, and then they're going to a seminar or a great conference, and they're learning something. But they don't learn it because sometimes you have to temporarily suspend or forget what you already know about something so you can learn something brand new. You know, I really do believe in the, it's kind of cliche and cheesy, but I, I do believe your mind is like a parachute. It only works when it's open. So forget the things that you already know. You also want to forget about limitations. A lot of people have this negative self-talk about how good their memory is or how smart they are. And um, I believe that, you know, I run, this, I run these marathons and there's these, uh, I was reading a book and one of the chapters started with the psychology of running a marathon and it said, your brain is a supercomputer and your self-talk is a program it will run. So if you tell yourself you are not good at remembering names, you will not remember the name of the next person you meet because you program your supercomputer not to. And that's the thing, your, your mind is always eavesdropping on your self-talk. And so you want to forget about your limitations temporarily. And also you want to forget about everything else that's going on um, situationally. You know, they say you can only consciously focus on seven plus or minus two bits of information according to Harvard study done by George Miller. And if, if you're in an event or you're listening to a great podcast like this one or you're reading a book and you have seven chunks of information you can focus on, but maybe two of them's thinking about the kids and three of them's thinking about work, then it only leaves you one or two to really focus here. So set that aside. Uh, so that's the F is forget. The A is active. All right, you want to activate. And that's a challenge because if you're stressed right now, if people watching this are very stressed, they're overloaded, they're overwhelmed, too much to read, too little time, emails, texts, everything. One of the reasons why it's not your fault because we all grew up with a 20th century education. And a 20th century education prepared us for a world simply that doesn't exist anymore, a world of factories and farms. But now we live in an age of, of you know, electric cars and spaceships that are going to Mars. But our vehicle of choice when it comes to learning is the horse and buggy. That's how most people, and, and it's like a lot of people are trying to take a sip of water out of a fire hose, and they're very ill-prepared. And part of it is this 20th century education was based on the model of, 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 of rote learning, repetition, right? Rote is like rotary. It's like a wheel, like the rotary club. It's like the teacher would sit here and teach some kind of fact, and the students would repeat it, and then they would repeat it again. The teacher would repeat it, and, and this would be the wheel. Right? But that's not the challenge with rote learning is it takes time. Right? There's, there's frequency. So if, if someone wants to uh, build some muscles, the like, same thing with your brain, they could go to the gym and go more frequently. Right? They could also do, increase their duration. They could spend more time in the gym. Or they could do you know, immense intensity. Right? And that, the great thing about intensity is it doesn't take time. And that's what learning is for people. You don't have to go over and repeat facts 50 or 100 times or spend hours and hours of studying. You do it intensely, take something ordinary, make it extraordinary in your mind, and you can do it. The other challenge about 20th century education was very passive. It was like, sit quietly by yourself, don't talk to your neighbor. And it was based on a model of consumption. It's like, you're there, you don't have any responsibility. It's the teacher's responsibility to make you consume this information. And in 21st century, it's really based on creation, not consumption. And so that requires to be very active. And so, because here's the thing, and people, there's gonna be a lot of tweetables in here. Learning is not a spectator sport. 
Learning is not a spectator sport. It's just like working out your body. What you put in is what you get out. So I would encourage people to be active. So the A in FAST is active. So that's like taking notes. It's, it's putting, posting things. It's sharing with your friends. It's doing all these things. Um, active note taking, you know, whether you're doing mind mapping by uh, Tony Buzan. Um, for me, very simply for taking notes, which I encourage everyone to do while they're doing this, because people know that there's a learning curve. Right? But there's also a forgetting curve that within, you go to learn something really important, but what happens a day or two later? 80% of it can be gone within 48 hours. And one of the ways to boost it up is just by taking notes. But how do you take notes? So one of the good ways to take notes is take a piece of paper. And I'm very, I like you know, pen and paper. I'm very kind of old school. But put a line down the page. And then on the left side, you're taking notes, which is you're, you're capturing notes and the ideas. You would write fast and all the things that we're talking about. But on the, on the right side, you would actually, if this is capturing notes, this is creating notes. This, if this is note taking, this is note making. And so on the right side, you're actually writing your impressions of what you're writing here. So these are the questions that you would have, how you're going to be able to use it, how it relates to the things that you already know, symbols, scheduling, everything would be there. And so if people are going to distract themselves with their right brain and try to imagine and daydream, then they can do it on the, on the right side. And that's kind of like a whole brain kind of note, note taking hack. So that's the A is being active, right? Not sitting passively. The S in FAST stands for state, state. And here's the thing that you want to write down. All learning is state dependent. All learning is state dependent. And state is basically the current condition or the mood of your brain and your body, right? And so that's something that's fully in your control. A lot of people feel like, like if they're bored or something like that, that it's, it's because it's their environment, right? But I really believe that you know, that we're not thermometers, that we're really thermostats. Meaning that if you're in a room, someone, the thermometer is something that's reacting to the environment, right? It's, it's representing what the environment is representing, right? But a th thermostat is someone who, a thermostat you set a high standard and then the environment changes along with it, right? And so that's responsibility. Recently, I got to introduce two of my uh, superheroes. I use superheroes a lot in, in, in my metaphors because I mentioned that it took me a couple years to learn how to read longer than everyone else. And I learned how to read by reading comic books. Because at late at night, I would read these comic books. And for some reason, I, the words never made sense to me. But something about the images and the pictures and the stories and good versus evil really brought it to life for me. And so I, I liked that. And my favorite, actually, were the uh, X-Men. Because the X-Men never fit in. You know, They were these mutants that never fit in. I always felt like I didn't fit in. I thought I was broken growing up. And, um, and so going back to uh, uh, my heroes, I got to introduce uh, Stan Lee, who's the creator of X-Men and Spider-Man and Iron Man and the Avengers. And uh, I got to introduce him to Richard Branson uh, over dinner. And when I went to pick up Stan, we're in the back of the car, and we're in LA, and a 10-minute ride ends up taking you know, an hour. And I'm talking to him, so I'm like, you know, who's your favorite superhero? And he's like, Iron Man. He asked me. I was like, mine is Spider-Man. And then he looks right at me. He says, you know, with great power comes great responsibility, something we've all heard, right? And I'm thinking, you know, in my mind, I, I'm very skeptical, you know, even as a kid. If I see someone, I just think differently. I just say, like, well, you know, Stan, the opposite is also true. You know, yes, with great power comes great responsibility, but also with great responsibility comes great power. And, uh, and what that makes me think about when state is like when we take responsibility for something, we have the power to change it, 
right? We're, we have responsibility, we're able to respond. And with our state or our mood, you know, a lot of us feel like that we're at the effect of everything, but we're really at cause. So I, what I would do is I never want to learn something. If I want to learn a new subject or skill and learn it fast, I never want to go in there with a bored state. And that's how most people are conditioned with, with school. You know, they're bored and their physiology and their focus, their psychology is level set. And the, the emotion that you tie to information is, is how it gets coded. So emotion tied to ideas become long-term memories. And we know that, right? Because of music or certain foods that bring back emotions, we remember it floods back, right? But a lot of people learn stuff in a bored state so they don't code it and they're equally motivated to actually use it. So control your state, right? And you control your state by moving your body, by changing your focus, by asking new questions, and that and questions really are the answer. A lot of people who are very slow readers and they, they'll read, I don't know if anyone had this experience, but you read a page in a book, get to the end, and just forget what you just read. A lot of people forget because they have no questions, because questions are the answer, right? Even back at, you know, when you're learning SATs, you know, you would read these reading comprehension chapters and then get to the questions and hope that you have an answer there. Why not read the questions first and then, you know, read the content first? And so that would, that would be a thing. So control your state. And part of also state is moving your body because that's, Here's a phrase, as your body moves, your brain grooves. As your body moves, your brain grooves. Some people literally have to move around more to actually understand and to learn. And also, there's certain ways of moving your body that actually build your brain power. Like recently, Oxford did a study. They found out that juggling actually builds your brain, that jugglers have bigger brains to create more white matter. You know, there's all these studies done, they call them neurobics, that by using, for example, you know, your opposite hand to eat or your opposite hand to build brush your teeth actually builds your brain power. So it's really, really exciting. Even simple things like, you know, like moving your wrist back and forth. We're all on the computers all day, right? And so just moving like this, but actually being mindful about it and making one go twice as fast. Do you see how one is going like literally twice as fast? And you could try this at home too also as well. It doesn't matter which way you do it. <laughs> That's almost like the trick of, can you pat your head while you're rubbing your belly? Right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one, the T in FAST, stands for TEACH. It stands for TEACH. And that's the thing. If you had to watch you know, a video or a training or read a book and you had to present it to someone the very next day, would you pay different levels of attention? Would you organize the information differently? Would you capture that information differently? And here's the thing. So if I ever want to learn something really fast, a subject or a skill, I also kind of put my professor's cap on or my coaching cap. I think, like, how would I teach this to someone else? And all of a sudden, I find that my retention of the information is, is twofold. And because I'm, I'm going there with a specific intention to be able to share it. And here's the secret. When you teach something to someone else, you get to learn it twice. You are an internationally renowned speed reader. It might sound obvious, but what is speed reading exactly? And why is it a tool to use for optimal performance? Okay. So reading is really fundamental because leaders are readers. I, I recently got to do a presentation and, uh, and, and Bill Gates was there and I asked him if he could have any one superpower, what would it be? And he said the ability to read faster. And he's even quoted like as, as being asked that and then Warren Buffett would, you know, and we're talking about wealth here, right? Some of the wealthiest people in the country would say, you know, I've probably wasted 10 years of my life reading slowly. But leaders are readers. And the, the great thing, reason why reading faster and speed reading is a superpower is because if somebody has decades of experience, 
you know, in health and in fitness and productivity and business and marketing, whatever the, the choice is, decades of experience, and you could sit down in a couple of days and read that, you could absorb, literally download decades into days. And that's, that's, a, wonderful, that's a wonderful hack. And so speed reading is very important. What, what speed reading is is basically exactly what it sounds like. It's reading with greater velocity, with greater acceleration, with greater, not only that though, because traditional speed reading, as it's been known, is more skimming or scanning or skipping words and getting the gist of what people read. And that's what it's traditionally been associated with. And you know, our clients are, are heads of Fortune 100 companies. They're, they're the, some of the top achievers and, 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 um, and world shakers literally on the globe. But you don't want your doctor, your lawyer, you know, your financial advisor just to get the gist of what he or she reads, right? And so what we focus on, maybe because our background in learning and the background of memory, is not skipping words or, or skimming things. It's actually not just smart uh, speed reading, but also smart reading, how to also improve your focus, your concentration. For people who read something and they can't concentrate, not only do they forget what they read, but their mind wanders all the time and they have no reading focus, but how do you improve also comprehension? How do you boost retention? How do you boost overall reading enjoyment for things? And that's what we focus on, those kind of hacks. You're also a master of memory. We've all played the card game Old Maid before, but what are some tricks the masters are using to retain information? Okay, so memory is another superpower. So what I'm all about, you know, with the whole superhero mythos, we have a, we have a, a, a website called Superhero U, Y-O-U, and I think that's all about, a superhero has two qualities. They have power, right? They develop a strength, a talent, a unique gift, but they also, just having a superpower doesn't make you a superhero. You have to use that power to good, for good, you know, to kind of save the day for your career or for your family or for your friends, your community and such. Um, so I think memory is a real superpower for people. You know, the ability to walk into a room and meet 20 strangers and remember all of their names, that's a superpower in today's age. You know, a lot of challenges people have nowadays is um, they feel absent-minded. You know, they have senior moments or coming a little bit early. They'll walk into a room and just forget why they're there. They're taking a shower and they can't remember if they shampooed their hair and they end up doing it twice, right? They misplace things like their wallet, their purse, their cell phone. You know, people call their own cell phone hoping they kept it on so it rings somewhere in their home, right? They lose their keys, or if not their keys, something much larger like their car. You see them using their car alarm trying to figure out where they parked the car and such. So, so the challenge with, uh, with, with people forgetting, I believe two of the most costly words nowadays are I forgot. I forgot to do it, I forgot to bring it, you know, I forgot that person's name. You know, it wastes time and it wastes resources and money. And so there are some really amazing mental shortcuts to be able to, to remember things. And so one of them, I always, I'm always really big on frameworks because once people understand the framework, they can apply it towards different strategies. And so um, I always tell people to remember mom. Always remember mom, M-O-M. All right, and so these are the three elements. Usually if somebody forgets something, anything, if they want to learn another language, if they want to learn, you know, give a speech without notes, pin numbers, passcodes, any of the things that we train people, if they're forgetting something, usually one of the three elements are gone. And so the first M stands for motivation, motivation. Like a lot of people say that they're horrible remembering names, but if I had a, a briefcase here of $100,000 cash for you or your favorite charity, if you just remember the name of the next stranger, everyone's gonna remember that person's name, right? Because it had nothing to do with the potential or capability, it had everything to do with whether they wanted to or not, right? So motivation, what's your motivation? What's your motive, what's your motive for action, right? So always start with why. I believe that there's a success formula, I call it H cubed, that success is from your head to your heart to your hands. 
head to heart hands so that if you're ever learning something, you could, you could visualize something in your mind, you could affirm things and think things, but if you're not acting with your hands, then you don't know it, right? And usually what's missing is the heart. It's the emotion, it's the energy emotion. I had a martial arts instructor years ago tell me, you can't steer a parked car. You need energy, and that's the fuel. So I'm always trying to figure out why you want to remember. So for, for example, to remember people's names, ask yourself, why do I want to remember this person's name? Because reasons reap results. Reasons reap results. And if you can't come up with one reason, you won't. So maybe it's to practice what I just learned from, from, this, from this podcast. Maybe it's to show this person respect. Maybe it's to make this sale. The O in mom, this is very important. If you, uh, if you do this with me, just um, take your right hand and just shake it out like this, and then make a fist and put it to your chin. Now, where's your chin? That's the thing. The O stands for observation. Observation. And a lot of people, when they forget things, they blame their retention. It has nothing to do with their retention. It has everything to do with their attention. And so, um, you know, I, so leaders are readers. Leaders also have amazing memories. You know, I got to spend time with uh, a number of times with President Clinton. And Bill Clinton, people know him for his career, regardless of your political bent, amazing charisma, amazing connector, amazing communicator. What a lot of people don't realize is he has an incredible memory, an incredible memory. Every time I've seen him, he knows exactly who I am, and, and, and that's what leaders do. And I've, I've interviewed him and talk, asked him how he does it and stuff, but one of the re things I think he does, because he, he says that he doesn't use any memory techniques, is he has this powerful presence. Right? Everyone knows he has a powerful presence, and I think his powerful presence, his unbelievable memory, comes from being powerfully present. That his powerful presence comes from being powerfully present. Like when we're together, recently uh, I got sat next to him at a fundraiser, and it was, it was me, Forrest Whitaker, Richard Branson, Ashton Kutcher, his twin brother, and, and President Clinton. And we're talking, and there's and, and I mentioned these names also to put visual pictures in people's minds, right? So as you're watching this, you pictures, it's not like John Smith, and it's like, like people, and there are a lot more important people in the room, but when he's communicating to you, it's like no one else exists. Like a lot of times, a lot of people aren't remembering names or things because they're not present, right? They're looking over your shoulder, they're seeing who else is in the room, or they're not even listening because what they're doing is they're thinking about how they're gonna to respond to somebody. And if there's a conversation with you and yourself and you and somebody else, which one are you more likely to pay attention to? Right? It's always gonna be you and you. So a lot of people, even if you look at the word listen and you, and you scramble it, it becomes the word silent. Right? And that's what a lot of people aren't doing. So I realized that his, his memory, his powerful presence came from being powerfully present. And it's almost uneerie when somebody fully focuses on you because you're not used to it ever. And that, I think that's just, the, I think really the, the art of memory is the art of presence, you know, and really paying attention. So that's the O. And then finally, the M in mom, the second M, is mechanics. These are the brain hacks, right? These are the memory hacks, the shortcuts, the techniques, the tools, the strategies. You know, I just focus more on, on motivation and observation because if you're motivated to remember something and you really pay attention and observe, then you'll be able to do it. Can honing a great memory make you more money? Absolutely. <laughs> Memory will absolutely make you money because here's the thing, you know, in the, in the age that we live in right now, you know, it's no longer brute strength, it's all brain strength. 
right? It's not muscle power. You're paid for your mind power in today's age. So knowledge is not only power, knowledge is profit. And I don't just mean financial profit, that's obvious, but I mean all the treasures of your life, your health, you know, your, your, your career, your family, your relationships. So everything is determined by these ideas because ideas equal income because we live in a knowledge economy. And so upgrading your memory could absolutely upgrade your, 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 your money and also upgrading your brain will absolutely upgrade your business also as well. The fa here's the thing, the faster you can learn, the faster you can earn. You know, college students right now entering the workforce, they're estimated to have anywhere from 10 to 14 different careers not jobs, different careers, because the world is changing so fast. So if I think there's one power to master in the 21st century, it's the ability to learn rapidly. The ability to learn rapidly, because that's what they call meta skill. A meta skill, just learning faster, that's why our company is quick learning, just learning anything faster, that'll help you master any subject that you need to. You just mentioned quick learning. So what is the quick learning platform and how can it help biohackers achieve greater learning abilities? Okay, so, so, so my passion is changing the way the world learns. You know, they say you use 10% of your mental potential. You use 10% of your brain. Now I think we use 100% of our brain. It's just how we're actually using it, right? And so what I'm all about is helping people upgrade their brain because we live in the millennium of the mind, right? And there's so much potential. If people want to improve their self-esteem overnight, just study your brain. And what we really focus on is really functionally, like practically, because we work with such high achievers around the world that they don't have time to just kind of learn little tricks to be able to just do fancy things at parties. They need to like, how do you remember names? How do you give a speech without notes? How do I learn another language? You know, the various things that are very extremely practical. So what quick learning is, is the body of knowledge. We basically, it's basically what I wish I would have had growing up a simple, easy, fun system for being able to learn things faster. Whether it's to read faster, we have a program called Quick Reading, which is all about reading speed, focus, comprehension, and retention. Quick Recall, which is all about improving your memory so you can be better with names, faces, client information, product information, speech without pin numbers, anything you like to be able to do. A program called Quick Thinking to help decision-making, problem-solving, creativity. And so quicklearning.com, K-W-I-K learning.com is a great resource and a great blog for people who just want to have fun again with learning, to be able to do, you know, catch up, keep up, get ahead, and just live at the greatest potential. What does it mean to you personally to speak at the 2014 Bulletproof Biohacking Conference and to the work that you're doing? Mm, I love the Bulletproof Conference because honestly, when I step into a room, these are like my people. You know, I look at, at everyone here because I, I see everyone here, they have these wavy capes behind them because they're like real life superheroes. Because I, for me, it's like having, a, it's like family, it's like kindred spirits people who are, are, are dedicated to lifelong learner. And not only that, but they're doing something about it. I think that's the difference. I don't really think knowledge is power. I think knowledge is potential power. You know, just knowing something is not gonna make a difference, but actually doing something. So people who show up at these events or watch it on, on video, those are the people that roll up their sleeves. And I have the utmost respect for people who go through, who might be struggling, but they're turning their struggles into strengths. And that inspires me a lot. All right, well finally, tell us what your top three recommendations are for kicking ass at life and being bulletproof. <laughs> My three top recommendations, um, I'll give you this. I'll, I would say that, uh, remember this, uh, GPA. Remember back in school, your, your grade point average, you're always concerned about your, your grades. I mean, I would say if you wanna upgrade your, your life on a daily basis, GPA, um, I would say the first, the G stands for gratitude. And so one of the things I do every single day is I think about like, 
what can I pay attention to that I'm grateful for that day? Like I can do this, I schedule this by the way. Every part of this is scheduling because if you don't schedule it, it never happens. So I'll schedule a time just to be grateful. And I'll go through and I'll think about like everything that I'm grateful for that I acknowledge today, I'll get to keep tomorrow. And so I'm, I really go through a list and it puts me in such a state to receive also as well. So I, I would recommend gratitude exercises. The, uh, the P is play. And I think what the world needs like now, because we're so multitasking, we're all digital device, everything, we're so hooked on everything. I think we don't have enough time to play. Once the actual time, you know, you didn't just hang out, but you actually scheduled time to actually play with people. And so like having fun, having exploring. And that's why children are such fast learners. You know, accelerated learning. I, I've built quick learning based on research and role modeling. And I think the fastest learners on the planet are children. But think about it. And I don't even mean age. Like Stan Lee is turning, is 92 years old. Right, and he is the youngest old person that I know because he has two passions. He still goes to work at 92, nine to five, telling stories. How awesome is that? And his other passion is his wife who's one year older. I mean, just like, and he's a big kid, right? And so play, schedule, the, the, the P in, in GPA is schedule time to play, to have fun, to explore, to be a kid again. And finally, the A in GPA, what I would do on a daily basis to get the most out of life is abilities. And what I mean about abilities is we all have these unique abilities, right? These superpowers that I'm always talking about. And I would dedicate scheduled time every single day to enhance your abilities, your unique gifts, your unique superpowers. So whether it's reading or having deep conversations and masterminds or watching, you know, or listening to amazing podcasts, spend time developing your abilities. You know, let those superpowers shine so you can go out there and save the world. All right, well, along the lines of your first tip, I'm gonna express my gratitude for you being on the show today. Thank you so much, Jim. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.